I'm Stephen Strang, and welcome to this very special edition of the Strang Report podcast. It is my honor to interview today the presiding bishop of one of the nation's largest Pentecostal denominations called the Church of God in Christ. His name is Bishop J. Drew Sheard, and he's from Detroit, Michigan. And, and I've known several of his predecessors. I have uh, experience with the Church of God in Christ going back to the 1980s. And it's a great denomination with a great history. In fact, it was founded in the late 1800s by Bishop Charles Harrison Mason. And, who was, and he actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, at the Azusa Street Revival 10 years after the, the denomination was formed and actually brought the whole movement into Pentecost. I think it's a very fascinating story. I had the privilege of meeting and interviewing his widow uh, just a few years before she died. And so I'm, uh, I love the Church of God in Christ. Some of the best preachers, some of the best musicians on the planet are in the Church of God in Christ, or a few slipped out and went on to greater things. But I mean, it's just influenced the body of Christ so much. So I want to just introduce a Bishop, uh, Bishop Sheard and just welcome you to the Strang Report. Thank you for taking time uh, to be on the podcast. I want you to give us an update, a little bit on your odyssey, on how you became presiding bishop a year or so ago, and also what's happening now with this great denomination. Well, thank you, uh, Brother Strang, for even uh, having me on this and we certainly praise God for you and the work that you're doing in the body of Christ. Uh, back in uh, November of 2020, we were slated to have our annual holy convocation, but due to COVID, we couldn't have it in that year. In that convocation, we were uh, to elect a presiding bishop, of course, our uh, leader, the presiding bishop emeritus. Bishop Charles Edward Blake had decided that he would retire. And we were slated to have an election in November of 2020, but due to the fact that we did not meet, uh, we decided to have a virtual uh, uh, General Assembly where the election would be held. And that happened in March of uh, 20. What would Bishop Mason have thought of that? Do you think he could have imagined that? Of course, the Church of God in Christ was long before the radio, the television, everything else. I mean, it's, it's amazing what technology is, well, I, uh, I don't, allows not, us to do now. Not only do I think that Bishop uh, Mason never conceptualized that, there were a lot of members of the Church of God in Christ <laughs> presently who couldn't conceptualize that. So it was a matter of growing and, uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, Growing causes some uh, real pain. You know, I was a victim of growing too fast and had pain in my knees as a youngster. So uh, our growth caused us to merge and forge ourselves into the future of technology. Well, I was just making a comment on back in that day, something like... A virtual thing was impossible. No American would have imagined it. I mean, airplanes weren't invented, none of that stuff. And uh, now we're able to use that to um, 
to spread the gospel. And uh, I'm not a historian, but I love history. I've studied history. I've studied the history of the Church of God in Christ. And uh, if I'm not careful, we'll spend the whole time we have together on history. But let me just mention this one um, this one comment. Uh, we remember that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis in 1968. Yes. And um, Memphis is the headquarters of the Church of God in Christ. And there's a, a great uh, auditorium sanctuary called Mason Temple. And it was there that Martin Luther King Jr. preached his famous sermon about how he'd looked over to the promised land and um, it was the night before he was assassinated. Nobody would have known. He was there for other reasons. It wasn't an official Church of God in Christ function, but you know, some you know, someone allowed him to use that. And and so that's a footnote in history that I think is something you can be very proud of. That that his that's probably his second most famous speech after the one he gave in Washington D.C. about having a dream. But anyway, enough history. We'll be back. What is happening? I know that you've got many great churches. We've mentioned uh, Bishop Charles Blake, his church, West Angeles Church of God in Christ in the western Los Angeles area. I've been to it many times. I've been his friend. I've been in his home um, since the early 1980s. And I went, the last time I checked, and these numbers change all the time, they had about 25,000 members, which makes it one of the largest in, um, in the nation. Sure. And um, there are a lot of great uh, Church of God in Christ congregations all over the country. Uh, what's happening with your denomination now? And why do you think that Kojic is growing when so many denominations seem to be uh, losing members? Well, uh, to say that Bishop Charles Edward Blake was a phenomenal leader, of course, uh, I'm one of his uh, protégés, if you will. I never, uh, it was just amazing to me the, the, the type of ministry that he had built. And uh, of course, I uh, went to uh, Los Angeles and stood in line to get in West Angeles to just observe what was going on. At that time, I had a very small congregation in Detroit. Uh, well, it was actually in Highland Park, Michigan. And I went home and changed the structure of my church and the structure of the service and mimicked uh, Bishop Charles Edward Blake's service. And uh, my church took off. It has grown exponentially. But uh, the Church of God in Christ, because of uh, uh, what we are, we, we, we advocate advocate that we're led by the Holy Spirit and uh, and lifting up uh, Jesus. And, you know, of course, the Bible says that uh, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. There's a certain thing that which I want to commend you, uh, uh, Brother Strain, uh, charisma, you know, that what is uh that emanates from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's that drawing power. And so um, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that the Church of God in Christ is led by the Spirit, and we are uh, trying our best to mimic uh, exactly the footprint uh, or the blueprint that Jesus Christ would have for his church. 
And so people are attracted to the Church of God in Christ because of that charismatic uh, services that we have and the charismatic preaching and, and singing and, uh, and, and just the foundation of the Word of God that we preach. And I believe that um, Church of God in Christ continues to grow. We're in a, over 113 countries now, and we're still growing. Congregations are growing. Uh, jurisdictions are being planted over the nation and throughout the, the world. And so uh, I believe the Lord's favor is upon our church, and we're trying to provide at this particular time uh, leadership that will invite that kind of growth. And so God has blessed us and we're doing extremely well. And uh, I'm just thankful and I feel humbled that God would allow me uh, to be at the helm of such a great church as the Church of God in Christ. You know, you mentioned the music and um, I have never been to a Church of God in Christ event or service where the music has disappointed. Never. It's just powerful. Yeah. And a lot, as I kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of great musicians. Uh, Andre Crouch yeah. is the one who comes to mind. His his father was a Kojic preacher, and I guess Andre was too. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many other examples. I don't want to rattle off names. I'll get something wrong. Yeah. But I wanted to mention your wife, Karen Clark, the youngest of the Clark sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those po most powerful singers in gospel music for years. Yeah. And may, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but how in the world did you get such a famous wife? Very carefully, my <laughs> my uh, of course my my uh, my wife and I'm uh, next year we will be married forty years. Wow, and, congratulations. Uh, course, thank you. My my dear wife, her mother, uh, Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, uh, was the music president for the Church of God in Christ and really revolutionized the music for the Church of God in Christ. Uh, and then, of course, I like to uh, have fun uh, by saying that my mother-in-law would say, uh, these are my girls, you know, these are my girls. And she would bring them up to sing. And, of course, my wife, uh, who is the youngest of the Clark sisters, uh, just turned into this phenomenal uh, vocalist. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I, I sound a little partial, but to me, she's the greatest gospel voice, you know, uh, as far as singing is concerned. And she is uh, she's a, um, a part of that group. She has her own singing uh, solo career. And then, of course, she has given birth to my daughter, Kiara, who is a tremendous gospel artist as well. My son is a producer. My, so my mother-in-law has this great lineage in music. And uh, of course, her daughters are carrying it on. And the Church of God in Christ has a unique sound because of Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. And because the anointing of the Holy Spirit, too. Hallelujah. Thank God. Um, yes. Well, you know, I'm a publisher, and so I'm always interested in people's books. And you've written three books, including a new one that is appropriate for the new year. Yeah. And uh, it is called Say It, Tell It, Live It. Yeah. It's an inspiring and uplifting 52-week devotional. 
Um, and this is a good time of year. In fact, I'm going to get your book yes. and use it. I, I try to do something different to, uh, so that my quiet time with the Lord doesn't become, you know, routine. And uh, of course, I study the Word, but I, I always like a good devotional. So why did you write this? What led to it? And what do you hope, to, what do you hope people will get out of it? Well, uh, I, coming out of the uh, pandemic, um, there were so many uh, broken and despondent individuals. Uh, you know, the um, uh, COVID did a job on a lot of people in the body of Christ. And, um, and I, of course, going through myself with the loss of my mom during COVID and then eventually my dad, um, I was one of those wounded individuals. And a lot of times uh, we as people who are in ministry try to act like there's nothing wrong when we're really hurting very deeply inside. And I began uh, the, the Say It, Tell It, Live It is a consortium of sermons that I have preached. And they're just taking the subjects and then we just kind of expounded on those subjects in a in a very brief way uh, but we wanted to uplift the body of Christ we wanted to give them hope in a what seemed to be a hopeless time and so I was writing and we were pulling things together and we wanted to just inspire the body of Christ inspire those outside of the body of Christ to know that they could make it with the help of the Lord and that's the that's the impetus of why this book came about. And then to do it on a weekly basis, you know, your walk with God cannot just be done on a once a month thing. It's got to be a continuous uh, walk. You need continuous strength. You need continuous ins inspiration. And so that's what this is all about, to keep us walking and to help us to get stronger and become greater soldiers. And then as we uh, as we start saying this, internalizing the word of God in ourselves, then let's start speaking it to people around us. So we're supposed to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it moves further than that, because a lot of times people can't hear what we say for seeing what we do. And so we admonish them to live it. So say it, tell it and live it. And so uh, that that was how that came about. Well, that's a wonderful philosophy. And I just encourage people to get the book, we'll put it up on the screen. You can go to Amazon.com. Yes. That's probably the easiest way. But you also wrote a, a two other books. So why don't you just briefly, when you're on Amazon, you can get all three. Yes. And uh, yes. notice how I just kind of enjoy pushing books. Thank but you. Uh, tell us about your other two books as well. Well, uh, my first book, which is uh, called Hang In There, and uh, that was that's my uh, that's my uh my line, my, my tagline, and whenever I talk to people on the phone, or, uh, I end up saying, hang in there, or if I text somebody, I end up with hang in there, and hang in there was, uh, I was going through some challenges, and and uh, 
and 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 the Lord spoke into my spirit saying you're not the only one going through and so I began to think that you know I was on my way I guess up the escalator in my religious life and um and a friend of mine said to me he said you know turbulence is the price you pay for flying high you know and that stuck with me and so hang in there is a key is a book about keys to becoming empowered resilient and successful during turbulence and uh it's some great things in that book and then um i had a situation where i almost uh, lost my wife in i believe it was 2000 and maybe one, one or two. Um, my wife had a blood clot that threatened her life, and wow. I was uh, uh, I was going through. I, uh, I I was writing a sermon out of uh, out of Micah, I believe it was, and I was talking about having how Micah said, "How long, O Lord?" and and I was having an issue with uh with 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 doubt and i called that next book about with doubt and uh and this uh, resisting the temptation of silent disbelief because i couldn't get up publicly and say lord what are you doing uh da 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 da, da. i had to fight that thing on the inside because after all i'm this preacher of this large church and i can't seem like I'm having doubt. So it was a silent bout with doubt. And so I, I wrote it because I know that there are many people who have those issues with with bout. I mean, with doubt as well. Well, as all of us do as part of the human experience. I know I'm going to get those books. Yeah. They seem very valuable and um, very important and very timely. So go to Amazon.com. Yes. And check out Jay, if you just put in his name. In fact, I've done this, Jay Drew uh, Sheard. Yes. And uh, S-H-E-A-R-D. Yes. And they pop right up. Yeah. But we have a few more minutes. And I want to talk about one of the very uh, most important subjects, especially when I talk to leaders such as yourself, and that's the issue of vision. And you mentioned earlier that you, were, you considered... Uh, Charles Blake, a mentor, and uh, I would say it's in in a, a distant kind of way. I considered him a mentor too. He and um, uh, I, we were celebrating our our anniversary of Charisma, which happened to be um, August fifth, nineteen seventy five. Can't believe it was that long ago, but it was. And I found out because I was with Charles Blake that he, that that. He was 40 years old on that day. So it's easy for me to remember how old he is. So he's a few years in front of me, and I just admired him because he's a major leader. So uh, let's say that you're mentoring men, which you do, and you're sharing them about vision, the vision you have for Kojic, the vision you have for your own ministry, for your own life, for your own family. And as people begin the new year in which we tend to set resolutions and think about goals and things that we should think about all year long, but we don't. What advice would you give them about vision? Well, you know, um, I believe 
and I sincerely believe this, that uh, uh, every individual has to come to a point where you acknowledge that God will be first in your life and your main objective should be not to do anything purposely that would cause God to be displeased with you. And so as you live that life, you go through life and you're paying close attention to dotting the I's, crossing the T's and making sure there's a proper punctuation mark at the end of every sentence, then I believe that God will honor that kind of life and God will begin to speak to you about things that you can be a part of in the future that will be for the upbuilding of the kingdom and not only that, but for the upbuilding of individual lives. I think that we as leaders must first take an interest, if we don't have an interest in people and in, in, in people being better, then we're not really leaders. And if people are not following us, if we look around and there's nobody following us, we're no longer leading, but we're just taking a walk. So we have to be very careful that, that we That's look a good at, expression. Yes. <laughs> we have to Taking be, a walk, not leading. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people, they call themselves leaders, but nobody's following and uh, you're not leading, you're just taking a walk. We've got to be able to inspire people. Godly leaders must inspire people by, with a godly life. Um, I'm not saying that everybody that's in leadership is going to be perfect. I'm not saying that at all. But there must be a spirit of humility that will say, even if I mess up, I want to get back on track in a hurry. I don't want to stay where I am. I want to get right with God. And then God speaks to us to, to speak to the people of how they can do. I believe that when people come to church uh, and, I, and, and and Brother Strain, if it sounds like I'm getting carried away, please stop me. But I oh, believe, listen, preach. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Go ahead and preach. When, I believe that when people come to church, that it should be an opportunity to inspire them to get better. I'm not in favor of people coming to church getting beat up. They get beat up on their jobs. Some people are getting beat up in their homes. Uh, but when they come to church, we must inspire them to be better, to be better, uh, first of all, better children of God, better husbands, better wives, better sons and better daughters, and just better human beings. And so I believe that's the work of the ministry. I often give my definition of ministry, and my definition of ministry is meeting the needs of people. If I'm not meeting the needs of people, I'm not really doing ministry. So thank God that he equips me to meet their needs, and their needs are vast. You know, because sometimes, uh, you know, I'm sorry, sometimes we got to pay rent. You know, sometimes we got to buy groceries. Sometimes we got to buy clothes for those who are uh, following us. And then sometimes we just got to give an encouraging word. But whatever we do, we must meet the needs of people if we will do ministry. That's what Christ has called us to be. I'm sorry. I went I kind of kind of got off on my on my porch over there. <laughs> well, that's important. And it's yeah. it's good to be reminded of that. And 
I, I just um, appreciate so much you taking time for your very, very busy schedule running this denomination with 6 million members. I can barely imagine what that's like. Um, and uh, it's, uh, one of your key people told me that there was a certain amount of debt and you paid off all the debt. Yeah. You know, that's very important. It's, it, you know, even... Uh, not only for denominations, but each of us needs to try to be debt free. We yes, we tend yeah. to buy into the yeah. what the world says about you need to buy, 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 and yeah. it's easy to buy on credit and yeah. who you know you don't have to pay it off until a long time from now. But no, especially as a new year's coming. Yeah. One of the goals people need to make is is getting out of debt. And and you're right. Leaders need to lead the way, and you certainly have led the way in in so many ways there in the Church of God in Christ. Yeah. Um, I want to encourage people to share this, uh, especially if you know someone who is interested in this ministry. They, of course, want to see this this interview. But also, there's a lot of people who don't know about the Church of God in Christ who would who need to. So I encourage people to share it. If you don't already subscribe to the Strang Report, I encourage you to do it. Hit the little bell so you'll be notified when we're on live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we want to make a connection. The subscriptions are continuing to go, grow, go up. And the Strang Report, we cover everything from controversies like what's happening in Kansas City right now with the International House of Prayer to uh, ministries like this. I recently uh, interviewed another denominational leader, but also authors. Uh, uh, once in a while, a celebrity. I had Dennis Prager on not long ago and Glenn Beck. So really, you need to subscribe so you don't miss any of our um, Strang Report podcast. And uh, I, in the minute we have left, I want to give the last word to Bishop Sheard to uh, just encourage us. Well, thank you, Brother Strain, and thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be a part of this. I consider it a high honor, and I just want to say to the people as uh, we're coming to the end of this year, uh, and especially to those in ministry, I want you to know that God is calling us to do ministry on a much more intense scale than perhaps we've done. We're coming through this pandemic, and the theme for the Church of God in Christ that I have uh, given the church for the coming year is we've got work to do. We've got work to do because we need to work on our churches. We need to work at getting more souls in uh, to the kingdom of God. And we need to make sure that we're doing all we can to be a light in the communities that we're in. Let your light so shine so that men may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Thank you again, Brother Strange. God bless you, and thank you for the work you do to the body of Christ. And thank you. And I'll just say amen to what you said. It's so important. I thank my viewers and listeners for tuning in. Tune in again for another episode of The Strang Report on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you. Welcome back. Do you ever feel discouraged? Do you need hope? The world is so upside down that even if you believe there's power in the Holy Spirit, sometimes you need to be reminded 
that greater is he that is within us than he is in the world. My new book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, was written to give you hope, to remind you of things you know, to explain spiritual truths that you didn't understand or maybe have forgotten. I draw on my decades of covering the worldwide move of the Holy Spirit to give you examples and stories of great men and women of God, from Jack Hayford to Catherine Kuhlman, and many others explaining spiritual gifts and telling stories of victory in the face of trials and temptations. I wrote this book for you, and I want you to read it. It's easy to read, with lots of practical stories to help you. It is not a theological treatise on the Holy Spirit. In a way, it's a self-help book looking at the spiritual side of life. So if you long for more of God and to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and the power to rebuke the spiritual attacks in your life and boldness to stand for God when the cancel culture wants you to sit down and shut up, then my book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, is for you. You can find the book wherever Christian books are sold, including Amazon.com or MyCharismaShop.com. Remember, the Holy Spirit is here to help us now and for all the days ahead, no matter how upside down the world gets. Enjoy the book, and God bless you.